Good evening. Thank you, David. I was going to preach from that corner. <laughs> I tell you, I don't know what tonight's going to hold. I'll sit back there. And I was getting a little emotional. So, who knows? It may be a waterwork event tonight. You see there on the screen, uh, the message title tonight is, Don't Worry, Stay Strong. Don't Worry, Stay Strong. And uh, <clears throat> We're living in discouraging days. And I don't want to be a, a downer tonight. I do not want this to be a uh, discouraging message, but I want it to be an encouraging message. I want it to be uplifting. But we're living in discouraging days. And it's been one discouraging thing after another. And, you know, if you'll bear with me, I'll, as Brother Dwayne says, I'm going to whine just a little bit tonight. COVID-19 has everything and everybody messed up. It has our normal routines all out of whack. Our jobs have been affected. Just a couple of days ago, the governor makes an announcement that has a direct effect on my job and so many others. And I'm just going to be clear with you tonight. I'm having to make a pretty difficult decision. I have employees that I do care about. And they have lives and livelihoods. And they need their job. And I've struggled with the decision to open, to stay open. But we're going to. And the struggle has been that I hold a position here at Doris Hill Baptist Church and in our community as a deacon. And as deacons, we are supposed to abide by God's law and the word and what it says. And it tells us that we are to abide by man's law. The thought has even come to my mind that I need to resign my position as deacon until all this is over. But I want you to know that we are going to keep the restaurant open uh, for our employees and for the customers. And, you know, just simply put, we cannot keep doing 
we cannot keep shutting the restaurant down. They cannot keep affecting people the way they are because of COVID-19. I'm sorry that it's happened. I'm sorry that it's in the world. And I'm sorry that so many people have been affected by it. Um, so our jobs, they have been affected. And mine clearly has, as you can see. Our family has been affected because of COVID-19. <clears throat> and this one's hard, too. Our church has been affected. That one hurts worse than my job. I hate the division. I hate that people are divided over something as simple as a mask. I hate that we're not able to do uh, Sunday school. I hate that we're not able uh, to worship the way we have. I absolutely hate that we are not able to have fellowship with one another. We're able to do very little mission work, and Dorsville has always been a church that's been big on missions. Our lives have been affected, and I'm, it's just been a very discouraging year. Schools and our children, they have been affected. And, you know, just a few days ago, not too awfully long ago, the head of the CDC came out and he said that we should really think hard about uh, having our holiday events with our families. Everything has been affected. The holidays are just around the corner, and now they're telling us we shouldn't even attempt to have them. The world is a mess. Our nation is a mess. Our state is a mess. And let's face it, many of our lives are a mess. We're living in discouraging times. And many are worrying because of it. Don't worry. Be strong. The part that really concerns me is that many Christians are worried. Many Christians are worrying when we should have faith. Henry Ward Beecher, he says, and I quote, Every tomorrow has two handles. We can take hold of it with the handle of anxiety, or we can take hold of or, or the handle of faith. We can take hold, every tomorrow has two handles, we can take hold of it with the, the handle of anxiety or worry, or the handle of faith. Christians are to be people of faith. Faith in a sovereign God and Father of all things. We're to have faith in Him, uh, who is above all and through all. And in all. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that we have a God and Father that is above all things and is in all things and through all things? There's a man in the Bible that stands out more than most. 
I think, when it comes to discouragement. And many in the Bible had times of discouragement. But I think this one particular man, and the lesson we can learn from him tonight, really uh, stands out, and that is Job. You see, Job had many reasons to be discouraged. And he had reasons to worry. Job lost a lot. In fact, Job lost everything. Except for his own life and his wife. He had seven sons and three daughters. And that was by far the most important. But he had 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels... 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and a large number of servants. Job was the wealthiest of his day. And we know the story that uh, Satan got permission from God to test Job and to strike him in in many different ways. And so uh, Job had reasons to be discouraged. He had reasons to worry. And and, um, Job responds after being told of all of his losses, one by one, as things would happen in his life and things would be taken away from his life, one by one, as a new storm would come into Job's life, someone would be able to get away from it, escape, and come back and report to Job. And after being told of all of his losses, of all of his heartache, Job responds like this in Job chapter 1, verses 20 through 22. It says, then, after being told everything, it says, Job stood up. He tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshipped. He fell to the ground and worshipped, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will leave this life. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. After hearing all of that, Job falls to the ground and worships. And he says, Praise the name of Yahweh. And it says in verse 22, throughout all this, Job did not sin or blame God for anything. Job praised God in this terrible storm in his life. And we know that Job himself was infected. He was affected in many ways, but he himself was infected with terrible boils. And then his wife, She was no support whatsoever. She comes along and says, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? And he responds to her and he says, You speak as a foolish woman speaks. Should we accept only good from God and not adversity? And he says that throughout all of this, Job did not sin in what he had said. And then in Job chapter 12, verses uh, 7 through 10, Job recognizes 
the sovereignty of God. And this is what it says. It's a response to one of his friends after he speaks. And this is part of that response. Job says, ask the animals. Ask the animals and they will instruct you. Ask the birds of the sky and they will tell you. Or speak to the earth and it will instruct you. Let the fish of the sea inform you. And it says in verse 9, Which of all of these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In verse 10, this is the part I want you to hear. The life, Job says, the life of every living thing is in his hand. The life of every living thing is in God's hand as well as the breath of all mankind. Job is recognizing the sovereignty of God in that verse. You see, Job maintained his faith in God and he was restored. And the Lord blessed the last part of Job's life more than the first. God allowed hardship to come into Job's life. God allowed hardship to come into Job's life. And listen, and he allows hard he allows hardships to come into ours. It's not going to be an easy life. There's going to be times where it's difficult. He allows hardships to come into our lives and it's how we handle those hard times in life that is important. It's how we handle the difficulties in life. The Lord blessed Job the last part of his life. And and so when when times, when when hard times came into Job's life, he could have said, uh, no, this is terrible. He could have said, I don't, you know, I, I lost all faith in you, God. He could have gotten mad. He could have turned away. But he didn't. The word says that he fell to the ground and he worshipped. So there's, it just begs this question. How have you handled these difficult days? How have you handled these difficult days? How have you handled these hard times and these these things that have come our way? I can tell you, and I'm not going to name names, but I know several that haven't handled them well. They have voiced their opinion about a lot of stuff, and it's not been very nice. How have you weathered this storm called COVID-19? Have you fell on your face and worshipped like Job? What an awesome example that is. A man can lose everything he has and he falls on his face and worships God. That is a huge lesson for me and you today. How about have you not wavered? Have you not wavered on your knowledge of God Of God's being in control of everything. You see, Job didn't waver. He knew God was in control. He had moments of frustration, yes. But he also knew that God was sovereign. 
and God was in control of everything. How about you? Through all of this, through all of this interruption in your life, have you remembered that God is sovereign, that God is in control? I'm having to be reminded of that tonight and these last couple days that I've been working on this message. It's for me, you see. It may not be for you, but it's for me. I'm having to be reminded. God's saying, Jeremy, son, I'm still in control. Have you not wavered on your knowledge of God's sovereignty? Or have you been worried? Have you been worried about your job? Have you been worried about your nation? Have you been worried about your family? How about this one? Have you been worried about catching COVID? Have you been worried about getting it and dying? Have you been worried about our church? And not just Dorsville, but how about the church? Worldwide, the church, have you been worried about it? Because it's certainly being affected by COVID-19. And I'll just say this, the devil's having a heyday with it. Job says in twelve, in chapter 12, verse 10, that the life of every living thing is in God's hand. Your life is in God's hand. You're not being controlled by COVID-19. Your life is in God's hand. I cannot say that enough. Do you believe that God is in control of all things? Or do you worry? You see, really, in a, in a Christ follower's life, in a believer in God's life, there should be no worry. Because he's in control. No matter what. No matter what comes our way. He, God, is in control. Do you have faith in God today? Jesus teaches us the cure for anxiety or the cure for worry. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. And let me just read here. In verse 25, Jesus says, now listen, again, I tell our Sunday school class when we meet, that was a long time ago, you know, hey, you should get you a Bible that's got the red ink in it because that's where Jesus speaks. And man, we need to pay attention, very close attention to the red ink. And so Jesus tonight, he's speaking, not Jeremy. But Jesus says, this is why I tell you, in verse 25, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Jesus says, don't worry about your life. And I want to respond to Jesus and say, that's easier said than done. You know, I'm not going to stand here tonight and tell you that I never worry. 
But I am going to say that we shouldn't. Because God, as Dwayne keeps telling us, God's got this. And he really does. Jesus says, don't worry about your life. And then in verse 26, Jesus says, take a good hard look at the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Jesus says, look at the birds. God takes care of them. Do you believe you're worth more than the birds to God? He provides everything they need. We sing songs about birds. And and I think the last time I heard this, uh, Mama T sang it here at the church. His eyes on the sparrow. I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read the the lyrics. It says, why should I feel discouraged? Hello? Come on now. We're talking about being discouraged and having worry in these discouraging days. And, And this song says, why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart feel lonely and long for heaven and home? When Jesus is my portion, a constant friend is He. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know He watches me. God's eye is on the sparrow. And I know He watches me. And then it goes on and says, I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know he watches me. Jesus says, look at the birds and see and notice how God takes care of them. And you need to hear it tonight. Jesus says, you are worth way more to God than the birds are. He loves you. In other words, Jesus is telling us God's going to take care of you. Or as Dwayne says, God's got it. Do you believe that today? In verse 27, Jesus says, Can any of you add a single cubit to his height by worrying? Jesus says, Not a single thing can be added to your life by worrying. Doesn't do any good. Let me ask this question. Any of y'all worry? Show of hands. Yeah, we got some worriers in the building. Jesus tells us tonight, not a single thing can be added to our life by worrying about it. Irma Bombeck says, and I quote her tonight, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. Isn't that true? So why do we do it? Why do we worry? In verses 28 and 30, uh, 28 through 30, Jesus says, And why do you worry about clothes? Learn how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and thrown into into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? 
you of little faith. Jesus says, look around. Take a good hard look at the flowers. Look at everything. This is a wonderful time of year to to open your eyes when you go outside and see God's handiwork just everywhere in beautiful spots of fall colors. Jesus says, take it all in. Look at it. Nothing exists without God. Nothing exists without God. If God takes such good care of the flowers and the grass and the birds and every living creature, won't he do much more for you? Won't he do much more for us? And there in verse 30, Jesus ends by saying, you of little faith. How's your faith today? Is God in control of your life or not? It comes down to that. Is God the one that is in control of your life or not? Will God see you, us, through this storm? So Jesus goes on in verse 31 and 32. He says, so don't worry, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? For the idolaters eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Jesus tells us that God knows what we need. He knows what we need, and he will provide. And then here in verse 33, and this is the take home, Jesus gives us the cure for worry. Jesus gives us the cure for worry or anxiety. And this is what it says. Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Jeremy Bennett, the next time you're all worked up about COVID-19 affecting your job, seek first God and His righteousness. Have a conversation with God. Call on Him. Do what Job did. Fall on my face and worship. He's first. See, Jesus gives us the cure for worry right there. He gives us the answer to all of our needs. And Jesus gives us the answer to all of our concerns. Jesus says that we must seek first. Not second. Not third. Or later. Or perhaps someday. But Jesus says, seek God. Seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. Guys listen. During these difficult days. During these days. That have so much uncertainty in them. During these trying times. We should have a hunger. For God more than we've ever had. 
We should have a hunger and we should be calling on God to show up and to work in only ways that He can. Are we calling on God like we're supposed to or are we getting mad and taking sides? I'm on the mask team. I'm on the unmasked team. What are we doing? Why are we allowing this to, to, to continue to divide and destroy? We are to be seeking God first and foremost through everything. We should have a hunger for God and we should have a desire to live a right life. Jesus says in verse 33, and everything you need, you seek God, you call on God first, you, you, you call on Him first, you seek Him first in all things, and Jesus says, and everything you need will be provided for you. Not everything you want, but everything you need, it will be provided. Jesus goes on in verse 34. He says, therefore, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus goes on there in verse 34 to say, don't worry about tomorrow. And in James chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, listen to this. He says, you don't even know what tomorrow will bring what your life will be. For you are like smoke that appears for a little while then vanishes. In verse 15, instead, you should say, if the Lord wills, I will live. If the Lord wills, we will live. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't need to be worrying about today and we definitely don't need to be worrying about tomorrow. And we absolutely should not be worrying about the past. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. And to quote our pastor one more time, don't worry about tomorrow because God's got it. Do you believe that tonight? Come on now. Do you believe God's got your tomorrow? You know, my tomorrow's going to be interesting, but let me tell you something. God's already there. And if I get up in the morning and I seek Him first before I ever step foot in my job, God's going to be there. He's going to take care of us, and I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Don't worry about tomorrow. Paul writes and reminds us, uh, reminds us of Jesus' teaching in Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Let me read it real quick. Jesus, or, uh, Paul says, uh, don't worry about anything. You know, don't you wonder why everybody tells us this? Jesus says it. Paul reminds us of what Jesus says. You know, because we're a bunch of worrier warts. 
You know, we worry about everything. And man, I tell you what, if we can fully get it, we can fully understand the sovereignty of God, then we should not be a worrying people. But we should be a people filled with faith in a sovereign God. That He has everything right here. Paul says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition... With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul says, don't worry about anything. What is, how much is that? That means nothing. We are not to worry about anything, not a single thing. We should not worry, rather we should turn to God in prayer. We should seek Him first. And it says, and His peace will surpass all of our concerns. His peace will surpass all of our worries. His peace will surpass all of our trials and tribulations. When we turn to Him, First, And finally, in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, not too awfully long ago, Brother Brent did a message on this, and uh, it was awesome. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, and you know the message is, don't worry, be strong. Now listen. God says, haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. He's talking to Joshua. But I'm telling you, it's in the word of God. And so it applies to me and you too. This applies to us. He says, haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of COVID. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or what? Or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isn't that good? Tomorrow when I go to work and somebody calls and says, are you open? And I say, yes, and I'm glad God's here with me. I've got the power of God on my side. He's with me and he's with you, every one of you. And those of you out there, do not, God says to his children, he's saying to us tonight, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. In other words, do not worry. We need to stop this. We need to stop being afraid of everything. We need to stop the worrying. And God says, do not be discouraged. That means to stay strong. I can tell you, I feel like Dorsville here has lost a little bit of its strength. And it hurts my heart. We need to come back together. 
We need to reunite. And we need to be not afraid of anything. Because we have God on our side. We have God holding us in the palm of His hand. We are not to be a people that are that's filled with discouragement, but rather we are to be filled with encouragement because we have a God that loves us and has us right here. Do not be afraid. Don't worry. Do not be discouraged. Stay strong because the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. He's in your tomorrow already. He loves you and He cares for you. Amen? Don't worry. Stay strong. Let's pray. Father, I thank You so much for this night. I thank You for an opportunity uh, to be able to share just a little bit of Your Word again. And Father, I pray for strength for every person here and listening to this message. I pray that You give us strength and courage to be able to face whatever's in our tomorrow because we know that you are with us. And Father, we pray that you take fear away from us and you replace it with knowledge of your sovereignty in this world and in our lives. Father, we pray now that if there's anyone here that should need to make a decision, that you would speak to them in a way that only you can. We love you, God, and we thank you for all things and above everything. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his most precious name I pray this tonight.